Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're back. We are back. I am back. We are together. Shannon <laughs> here was uh, taking a little vacation, but we are back. Um, uh, we are excited to share two cases with you today. We have been uh, sitting on this for the week that we couldn't talk about them. And uh, today's the day. So, Shannon. Uh, well, first, how are you? Hello. Hi. Um, I am I am good. I am alive. I survived the winter storm and I think I I came out on top. I won. Um Yeah, you told me <laughs> you, you told me that you are uh taking a flight soon and you're a little bit scared. And what is it that you're scared about exactly? Oh, okay, okay. Let's get into the therapy. No. <laughs> um Um I am scared <laughs> that airplane employees are gonna cramp my style. Like that's mostly what I'm afraid of because I'm poor. And I had to get the cheapest ticket possible, which means that I don't get a checked bag. So I stuffed all my crap into this tiny little bag that may be an inch bigger than what's allowed for a personal bag. And so if they try to come for me, I'm going to drop kick someone, but probably not because I feel like you can get in a lot of trouble for that. Point is, I don't want them to cramp my style. I also don't want to deal with the fact that they want volunteers to just take a different flight for some reason. Like, why overbook a flight? Why would you do that? Like... <laughs> I know that is so okay. First off, that is hilarious to me because my biggest fear <laughs> when I am flying is, "Am I dying today?" But yours is personal bag check-in. No, no, no. Um, second, yeah, what the fuck? I, uh, I mean, I, I've heard of all these like United Airlines like style cases because there's there's other cheap airlines like those where like. They'll just overbook the flights and then whoever, yeah. like, yeah, and then someone gets end up kicked out in the face or something. I mean, not to, like, slander any particular airline or anything. United, you don't know. come for us. <laughs> Do not come for us. But, like, it's just ridiculous. First of all, I've never, like, seen an air service or whatever. Like, wh what are they? I don't, I don't even know. A, whatever they, sky buses. Like, uh -huh. they normally let you check a bag for free like i don't understand why they're like squeezing you for money i have to take four different flights to get to portland just because of the nature of the flight because i'm leaving out of my hometown wow. to go to san francisco to go from san francisco to portland and then do that again and so it's like you want me to pay 25 dollars for each of those flights that's a hundred dollars for one checked bag no my ticket's already like 400 bucks and that doesn't give me my own seat assignment that's it's like, come on. Wow. <laughs> trying to kill me. Dang. Honestly, scary talk who? Let's start air talk. Yeah. Honestly, let's talk about the injustices in our world. <laughs> Fuck airplanes. <laughs> the real injustices. Okay, well, best of luck in your flight. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm not worried about dying on my flight. That would be a sweet release. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that note, I will be starting this episode. Hello, everyone. Shannon, get ready. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the Amityville Horror. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yeah, the, the iconic Amityville Horror. Um, so let's get into this. For those of you who don't know, when uh, I say the Amityville Horror, there's really two things here that I'm talking about. One, I'm talking about the DeFeo family murders. And two, I'm talking about the Lutz family haunting. So how do these connect? There was a man. Uh, oh, there, there is a man. He's still alive. His name is Ronald DeFeo Jr. Um, uh, this guy lived in Long Island, in New York, specifically in the town of Amityville. And in 1974, he killed his family. <laughs> um, oh, man, Ronald. Yeah, so uh, the details of it are... Essentially, one day, this 32-year-old guy goes into a local bar and starts screaming, someone needs to help me, please help, my mother and father were shot. Turns out he's the one who shot them, so <laughs> not exactly sure why he went into the bar to announce that. Um, he's probably crazy. I mean, very, very likely, especially when you look more into it. But anyway, he goes into this bar, tells people that uh, his mom and dad were shot, the one of the people at the bar who was one of ronald's friend friends um calls the police the police check the house check ronald's house and they find his mom and his dad and his four siblings all dead shot with a rifle um all laying on their stomachs so on their creepy. beds i hate it so yeah so and so it turns out that he had killed them that same 
day, like in the early morning, 3 a.m. So there's that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a very tragic background. I mean, there's... And then he he went into the bar at like 6 p.m., yes, right? Yes, yes. So he killed his family at 3 a.m. I guess went back to sleep or something, woke up, took a shower, went to work. After work, went to the bar. So... <laughs> It's exactly how I would handle it too. Just I mean, pretend like nothing happened and go to work. <laughs> um, so yeah, the 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 dad was Ronald DeFeo Sr., mom was Louise DeFeo, and the four siblings were Don uh, of eighteen years old, Allison of thirteen, Mark of twelve, and John Matthew of nine. He killed his nine year old. Oh. I know. That's okay. So moving on. Um Again, this was in uh, 1974. So there's a trial, obviously. And the trial begins the next year. The um, The affirmative defense of insanity is used. So the, the defense is really pushing on the guy is insane. That's why he did it. Don't um, put him in prison. Send him to a mental hospital, basically. Uh, this doesn't really work. Mm. <laughs> uh, they do. They do say like the reason why they're pleading insanity is because DeFeo claims that the reason he killed his family was self-defense because he heard their voices plotting against him uh, allegedly. Uh, I don't believe this. There isn't a lot to back this up from what I've read. Um, I think they were just trying to get him out of prison. Uh, so that was the defense. Um, the prosecution insisted, however, that he was very much aware of his actions at the time of their murders, um, which I think so too. And something the prosecution mentioned, which was really interesting in this case, was we think he's sick. Like we think he has some kind of disorder. He's probably like antisocial personality disorder or like a sociopath. But that doesn't mean that we <laughs> don't yeah. think he was aware. So yeah, which I like that because like. Even if he did have something, I like that that wouldn't give him a pass, which it shouldn't for fucking mm-hmm. murder. Um, Especially a nine-year-old kid. It's like, how so. can you say, like, I think my nine-year-old brother is plotting to kill me. How? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing. Like, he says, oh, well, the parents were plotting to kill me, but um, I then had to kill the siblings because uh, witnesses. Then he, but he, then again, he mm-hmm. changes his story like a thousand times. Uh, and then later, like a later date, like years later, he changed that to, um, I didn't kill him because I thought they were going to be witnesses, but rather because turns out, like, the siblings were... Um, something i guess yeah i guess they were also plotting against me so first he didn't believe that then he did believe that or at least what he said he believed yeah so clearly a compulsive liar um couldn't keep his story straight if anything that's why he ended up being convicted because the the prosecution really nailed him and he had no consistency so um again the 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 specifics of this case the the creepy stuff is um, all shot with a rifle, all found uh, laying on their stomachs on their beds, and um, that's it. So th- you need the background for this case because you want to know what happened in the house before the next family moves in. But the the Faye murders aren't really paranormal or creepy, or at least they don't give me that bite. They don't really have anything that okay. posits them as that. They're just a crazy guy killed his family. Um, right. So um, oh, but by the way. One of, my favorite, one of my favorite things about this, um, Ronald DeFeo Jr., the murderer, he, um, what he first claimed actually had nothing to do with his family, but rather that um, the killings had been done by a mafia person that he was like involved with. <sighs> I know. <laughs> um, oh my God. Pretty awful. Um, yeah. You got to just keep yeah. topping your next lie. Yeah. And like later he'd involve his sister, which like, in and of itself then like spawn rumors in the mainstream media that maybe there had been an incestuous relationship between him and the 18 year old sister granted he was 32 at the time so i mean even if he wasn't it's still his sister (laughs) though but that's really just more a piece of interesting historical trivia than anything it's not it's not really like relevant to to what's following but anyway this guy kills his family in 1974 then what happens okay question so far um, how much would this house be after like six people are murdered in it? Because it's got to be pretty cheap. Um, eighty thousand dollars. Oh, okay, but this is also the seventies, so is that? Yeah. Okay. Yes, but still a bargain, apparently. Okay. Okay. According to what I read, yeah, yeah, because it's Long Island. So, which, yeah. like, why you want to live in Long Island? I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> fine. I guess if you do, then sure, that is a bargain. Um. All right. I think you answered okay. that pretty well. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, those are the DeFeo murders. Now, what happens? A is it even a year later? Yeah, 13 months later. So barely a year later, this family, the Lutz family, L-U-T-Z, um, George and Kathleen Lutz, alongside their three kids, move into the house, the Amityville house, which is on uh, 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, Long Island. Um, they move into the house barely a year later, and uh, they buy it for the bargain price of $80,000. And uh, the real estate person did tell them about the murders, in case you're wondering. And they still went with it. All right. They are not afraid of anything. Yeah. I'm here for it. So, which um, later will come into play people thinking, after after the Lutz family, like, um, recounts their story and it becomes like a hit book, basically. A lot of people are like, well, why did you move into the house? Like, clearly you had the motive of, like, exploiting this for fame, whatever. I don't think that, but I can see how someone could think that. Because, I mean, I personally wouldn't move into a house that, like, a murder just took place a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. there's that. Um, what I was going to say is, yeah. like, I feel like it is kind of a stretch to, like, try and do something like that for money. Because I feel like a lot of murders happen in a lot of different homes, you know? Or maybe, like, apartments. And, like, maybe, like, not as brutal, like, a whole family. But, I don't know. I think it's kind of, like... Don't blame them for profiting off their pain, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, which is why I don't agree with with that theory. Um, so, what happens? They buy this house. The broker, again, did tell them about the murders. Asked them if it would affect their decision. They said, no, we're chill. Um, uh, they move in. The Lutz family agrees to have the house blessed. And um, they have Father Rolf J. Picararo as the father to come and bless the house later in the book that is written about this case the hit book he is referred to as father mancuso for privacy reasons so from now on i'm going to refer to him as father mancuso mm -hmm. because technically the article that i'm reading is about the book that happens to recount the real events but it's about the book really uh okay. not about like you know like written testimonials that the family gave no this is uh, this is about a book so, in a book, his characters, and Father Mancuso is one of them, so that's what I'm going to refer to him as. So, Father Mancuso was a lawyer. He was also a judge of the Catholic court, whatever that means, and a psychotherapist. And he lived at the local church, uh, and so that's why he was able to come bless the house. So, he blesses the house. He recounts that when he flicked the first holy water uh, in the house and began to pray, he, quote-unquote, heard a masculine voice, the man that he get out. Hmm. Um yeah, neat. So when he left the house, uh, Father Mancuso did not mention this incident to George or Kathy Lutz. I don't know why. Yeah, um, yeah I guess because they were going to be scared. But like the fact that they're blessing the house means they already think something could be going on. So that's not going to freak them out. You should tell them. Anyway, he says he tries to like save ass by uh, saying that he actually tried calling them later to tell them. But like the line wasn't hmm. good. So he couldn't tell them. Which, uh, okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. Um, he'll later will like take back the the this statement, say and say that he only the only contact he had with the Lutzes was over the oh. phone that he never actually went to the house, and that's mm. like a point of controversy. Um, but anyway, this is what's on the book. So, um, uh, following his visit to the house, the father allegedly developed a high fever and blisters on his hands and like the rest of his body so fun um and that's it so the the blessing of the house happens but of course it doesn't work uh the family then recounts having many strange things happen uh a lot of like they're all listed here in this article that i have and i'm gonna um Perfect. tell you some of them <laughs> the the most horrifying ones which are, are really interesting so uh <laughs> george george lutz the father would wake up around 3 15 every morning um according to him, and would go out to check their boathouse, because the, the house came with a boathouse. He later would learn that this was the estimated time of the DeFeo killings. 3.15 huh. in the morning. Okay. Yeah. That's also like the witching hour too, right? Or yeah, like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is the witching hour. Okay. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night, like at 3.33 a.m.? I think that happens. I'm normally awake at 3.30. <laughs> I feel like that's happened to me now. I have, I have like just like made myself go back to sleep <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah like need to pee at 3 33 a.m wait till 3 34 like do not 
touch the floor. The devil made you have to pee. The de- <laughs> exactly. So wait. Um, yeah, apparently 333 is like it. So like, because everything literally don't move. with the devil or like demons comes in threes, right? Yeah, something like that. I mean, the Holy Trinity is a three. So honestly, God, clarify that. What's up? Um, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so the Lutz children, uh, the Lutz children also began sleeping on their stomachs, just like the victims of the killings. Mm. So, uh, it's pretty comfortable though. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't specifically say that I one mean, holds honest, much water. I guess I find it so scary because I've literally never slept on my stomach. It's physically impossible. Yeah, really? Yeah, I sleep in a oh. fetal position um, <laughs> because I'm scared of ghosts. No, because it's comfortable. Um, anyway, the apparently, um, uh, okay, this was super creepy to me. They found a small hidden room around four feet by five feet hmm. uh, behind their basement. Um, the walls were painted red. They hmm. called it the red room. So it just, I don't know. Fucking oh, creepy. interesting. And the room, yeah, the room apparently had a profound effect on their dog, Harry, uh, poor dog, uh, who refused to go near it uh, and quote unquote cowered as if sensing something ominous. Huh. You know, it's really interesting to so, me because I know, I don't know what? if you've actually watched The Haunting of Hill House yet on Netflix. No, I know you told me to they, do it. No. I think maybe they were possibly inspired by that because there's this whole like subplot called the Red Room that's in the house, which is I think it's called the Red Room. I mean, maybe I'm not. Yeah, very that's likely, really interesting. Very likely. Like this case is like part of the American right. like, collective <laughs> consciousness. Like, like it's literally yeah. Ooh, shout out to episode three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So the Lutz's five-year-old daughter Missy developed an imaginary an, an imaginary friend named Jody <laughs> who was a demonic pig-like creature with glowing red eyes according to the oh, that's fun if you're gonna <laughs> have an imaginary friend just... yeah like here's the thing about that like wouldn't the kid get freaked out or do kids like really not have a notion of like terror like what's evil or not or or like what looks ugly no like I, I get that they don't know what evil is sometimes because that's like something you have to learn Mm -hmm. but like something scary i think that's just innate like if you see a demonic pick like creature i don't think you're gonna want to hang out didn't we i don't know if we had a conversation about this but i remember hearing something about how ghosts or demons are more attracted to children is that something we talked about because they are they're more innocent i think it's something that you may have mentioned in the first episode um yeah and yeah that makes sense I, i mean I, I wouldn't say they're attracted. I think they, they just target them because and they're much more gullible. And potentially, they, like, they're yeah. more open to, like, things that they don't understand because they're still learning things about the world, so it's probably easier to access them. So maybe she wasn't scared because, hey, this pig-faced Jody was like, what's up, girl? You go on the swing set? Like, she wasn't like, let's sacrifice your parents tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. Yeah, I feel like most... I feel like a lot of... Um, like demonic manifestations or even demonic possessions often start fairly mildly like or at least you're introduced to it in a mild way and that's and you're young or you're stupid and that's why you don't realize um what you're doing like the the extent of what you're doing i i think of reagan in the movie the exorcist Mm -hmm. when she's like playing ouija and that's how she becomes possessed um i'm like yeah exactly like she was a teen and she was dumb and she was playing ouija and she didn't realize like the thing she was doing because she was young and dumb or, or like yeah jody probably was like oh this person's ugly but they're a friend and yeah and like you like you said the, the thing was probably like want to hang out not like yeah exactly yeah you, you have to wait till like day 10 to really talk about murder with a little kid i think you gotta yeah, warm up to you, first exactly you like kind of like get under their skin little by little and by, by the and then you all of a sudden you you have them and you can mm-hmm. you know you can like command them to do whatever and they won't question it. It's so scary. Um, anyway, uh, in the early morning hours of Christmas Day, 1975, the Lutz family alleges that uh, George looked up at the house after checking on the boathouse and saw his daughter Jody standing behind Missy, the demonic pig, <laughs> um, at her bedroom window. And uh, wait, he saw yeah, it? Yeah, he saw it from the. He saw his daughter's wind bedroom window from the boathouse and saw missy there too ew oh god uh, when he ran up to her room he found her fast asleep uh, and there was a small rocking chair uh slowly rocking back and forth mm. so mm. yeah. i know 
Um, uh, there's there's just a couple more. So uh, George realized that um, he apparently looked a lot like Ronald DeFeo Jr. And he then began drinking at which I looked it up and he did. Uh, and he then began drinking at the Witch's Brew, which was a local bar where DeFeo was a regular customer. Mm, yeah. So not good. <laughs> um, this is later um, a point of contention with critics because apparently the Witch's Brew is not a real bar in Amityville. Huh. So there's that. And I feel like there's something... I, but, like, if it's such an easy thing to disprove, why would they put that in the book? You know what right. I mean? I don't know. I feel like there's something else. Maybe they got the name know, wrong, like or maybe, maybe that part was fictionalized, yeah. but maybe, I don't know. Um, I do think that, um, I mean, George Lutz, after the book becomes a hit, and then there's a lot of criticism, does go in a couple of, like, TV interviews and make statements about how the book is... Um, because like pre- like he caves into pressure. He first he was like the book was completely real, but then like as the years went on, he was like, um, this book is like all based on the real events, and he was basically like there's only a sliver of fiction, and it's like non. Um, he, he was like it's not relevant to like the central yeah. message of the story, basically. Which I guess this could be an yeah, example. Yeah, well, of that. also nonfiction. Like uh, I took nonfiction classes in school, and it it's true. Like you're never gonna remember anything exactly. So don't like straight out lie. But mm-hmm. some things have to be changed, or yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be that he misremembered the name, and no one cared to fact check. I mean, they did change Father Mancuso's name, mm-hmm. so like there's that. And it was for privacy reasons. So it could be something like that. Maybe like the, uh, the owner of the bar. I mean, honestly, we're just speculating here. But um, anyway, another thing. While in bed, Kathy Lutz, the wife, received red welts on her chest caused by, according to her, an unseen force and was <laughs> levitated two feet in the air. So there's that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> just casually. Um, cloven hoof prints attributed to an enormous pig appeared in the snow outside of their house. Um, green slime ooze from the walls. Ooh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I love this like part of the article. After deciding that something was wrong with their house. <laughs> How long did it take for them to decide that? <laughs> yeah, they decided to um, carry out a blessing on their own. I don't know why they haven't left yet. They're just doing another blessing as if the first one worked. Um, uh, George had a crucifix and like the holy water and allegedly as he was watching the house he heard a chorus of voices asking them will you stop oh so fun oh. Um, uh, yeah later that month in mid-January 1976 they tried another blessing why um, they experienced uh, however during that blessing what would turn out to be their final night in the house because this was a blessing gone oh, wrong no. Um, the Lutz is declined. This is super interesting. Um, they have declined over the years to give a full account of what exactly happened that night, which I would think would make like for such a huge banger ending to their book. But apparently it was such so terrifying that they wished not mm-hmm. to recount it. So, um, yeah, it was too frightening. That's a quote. So, um, that reminds me, uh, that reminds me so much of, um, you know, um, oh my God, what are their names? Yeah, Anna yeah, Lorraine yeah. Warren, the demonologist. Yeah, honestly, future episode idea but um they um have you seen the conjuring 2 yep i've seen them all yeah you know the scene where like she sees this horrible vision of her husband getting stabbed and like the nun is there the nun isn't real but like you know that and she becomes traumatized goes into her room for a week stays there locked Uh up um that apparently did happen in real life um however lorraine warren who's still alive by the way will not talk about what she actually saw so the filmmakers just went with that there's no actual account of what she saw. She refuses right. to talk about it. So it reminded, me, it reminded me of this. And I'm like, what could be so terrifying? That intrigues yeah. me so much. Um, so anyway, um, apparently, yeah, the blessing goes wrong. Something terrible happens. They decide to finally leave the house. They go to Kathy's uh, mother's house. Uh, and uh, apparently the phenomena follow them there. Uh, which actually leads into the second book, which there isn't a lot of, but there was a second book and uh, it wasn't very well received. Not that the first one was very well received mm-hmm. either, but it was very popular. It sold a lot. The second one didn't sell a lot. Um, so that's the book. Um, and, and the second one, I'm just going to give like a quick, basically the second book is the last book based on reality. Um, 
because there were more books, but they were just stories, really, fiction. And the second book says that uh, the family went to Kathy's mother's house. Uh, there was still paranormal activity there. Um, they saw, what was the name? The pig demon again, like hanging out with Jody. Um, yeah, hanging out with Jody, like at the swings one time, and that was scary. And, but it's basically the extent of the book that, like, the horror didn't end. Boo. Um, yeah, and, and the validity of this book, even more so than the last one, is very, like, question. Um, oh, funny, funny tie in. Lorraine mm-hmm. Warren visited the Lutz, like, the Amityville house um, a couple of uh, weeks okay. after the murders had happened. So before the Lutz family moved in. And she said that she really saw the forces there and like they were really there and she felt something really ominous. Um, there's also been like a couple of pictures, especially especially one very famous, very, very, very famous picture called the Demon Boy taken at that house. Uh, it's like an iconic picture. You can look it up. It's basically a, like a little boy looking from afar into the camera from like behind the frame of a bedroom door. It's kind of spooky. And the reason I'm mentioning these things are because the validity of this whole case is questioned. Um, but, you know, if there's anything to, like, counter that is we don't we don't have much, but it's, you know, hmm. the, the testimony yeah. of Lorraine Warren who was there and that picture, which has not been proven to have been like falsified. So um, that is basically the case. Um, there are, of course, a lot of. Uh, controversies with it a lot of the facts of the case were um, questioned by um, the media some members of the church eventually father mancuso himself um and others so it was it was a mess this book also led to like lawsuits because there was like a big fight between the family and the publishing house um once I think they had published the second book because the publishing house was like, oh, we want to like hand some of the rights of your story to someone else to make like fiction about it. And the family was like, oh, we're not sure about that. Um, but I think they released some anyway. And then there was a lawsuit. So really the real horror of this is the litigation, honestly, because there's like it, there's an extensive part of this article about <laughs> like that. Um yeah, like they survived the haunting, but now they have to deal with lawyers. Yes. Okay. So something, um, a kind of uh, final thing that I found really interesting um, was, and sorry that I kind of, for the listeners who do care, that I glossed over a lot of the like counters and a lot of the controversy, but I am uh, a biased believer of this case, and it's my podcast, so you can suck it. Um, <laughs> if you want to read the controversy, suck it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um you can you can read up on it yourself and no it's it's also it's also time but even if it wasn't honestly it, it's it's also just because i think that a lot of this a lot of the counters can be explained away as like especially if you believe the story that can be explained away as the family must have either not remembered something correctly um like you said kind of like trauma memory is not always super accurate or um yeah. I mean, really, that's it. Like, none of this, when I read, because I still read, like, the extensive controversy part. I didn't just skip it because I, I was trying not to be biased. When I read it, like, all of them, none of them screamed to me, like, flat-out lies. Uh, they all had, a like, a feeling of misunderstanding to me or, like, loss in translation kind of thing. All the things mm-hmm. that were pointed out, that's what they felt like to me. It felt like the family was, like, lying. But that's, like, always going to be a problem with ghost stories, you know? It's like, oh, well, they're just lying, you know? So it's like, you gotta just realize, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did feel that the, I will say that I did feel that the second book was a cash grab. Mm. But um, but there's nothing fake in it. Like, and, I, and you know there isn't anything fake there because there's barely anything yeah. in there. <laughs> like, it's, it's grasping at straws. But at least it didn't, like, make up this wild fucking story about, oh, there was more ooze <laughs> on, on the wall at my mom's house. So, final thing is, years later, in a documentary in 2013, uh, Daniel Lutz, one of the children who lived in the house, um, he mentioned that he believed that 
um, his dad's dabbling in the occult may have initiated the demonic events, which this is like his dad. Yeah, this is never mentioned anywhere else in the article, and all of a sudden it's just like dropped in there, and I highlighted that like hard. So I was like, yeah. question mark, like <laughs> none of this is in the book. Like, did, was the dad actually like bringing something onto himself, or so? There's that. I mean, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's like watching an entire movie and then being like, oh, dad was possessed, by the way. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, the, um, what is it? The the, 20, the 2005 uh, remake with, with Ryan Reynolds, um, he becomes possessed, mm. but like is able to, not by a demon, but by a ghost, and is able to, um, like, become unpossessed and like before right before he kills his family too as if he was gonna like repeat history yeah. basically um i doubt they drew from this because this wasn't public knowledge until yeah. years later but it's interesting that the the lutz because they also like sued the filmmakers of that movie a lot of litigation um back in 2005 they were like this movie has nothing true to it and like the father figure here is like awful and this is drivel um but like in 2013 years later the, the child comes out and is like what if my oh. dad was like doing demonic shit yeah. which would totally fit with the um, movie i guess yeah I, I just i'm wondering like is this a ghost story like can we file this under ghost because it's not like they like i don't know everything you said specifically points more towards demons to me just based on what i know except for maybe the ectoplasm on the walls but i mean yeah yeah you're torn? Well, that's the thing. I'm torn. Yeah. Right. And also it would explain, like, the weird behaviors of, like, the dad going out to the boathouse. Yeah. Like, okay, here's the thing. Um, this is mentioned nowhere, so this is, like, just a crazy theory I just pulled out of my ass. But what if demons made Ronald DeFeo kill his family, the demons and the ghosts of the family stayed there? Mm. No, Forget it, forget it, forget it, forget it. The demons made him kill his family. The family, although sometimes when, like, people get killed very violently, they, like, they become a ghost and they roam around yeah. forever. Maybe this family was lucky and they actually did pass on to the next mm -hmm. realm. Um, but the demons that made Ronald DeFeo do that, like, had been there for a long time and they weren't going to go anywhere after the murders. Yeah. And they stayed there and they possessed the next family. Yeah, I mean... Maybe it has nothing to do with the murders. Right, like, I feel like it that would seem like a rational explanation to me, especially because it's not like you would have to kill anyone in order for this to go away or to stop. Like, obviously, they all got out fine. <laughs> like, I feel like if demons are real or whatever, maybe the purpose is just to exist as evilness, you know, and cause trouble, not necessarily to what end, just to see what happens, I guess. And so I think that would be more, more reasonable to me than ghosts, because it's not like ghost i feel like when we talk about ghosts like why like what are what are ghosts actually after and the answer is usually like nothing <laughs> like they're not really after anything or yeah or just like wanting to pass into the next realm which would would make no sense why they would want to like torment people i guess they could be like oh i want to live my life vicariously through a living human so maybe they would torment them but like why make them kill their family you know what i mean Right. Like, that seems, like, malicious. It doesn't seem... Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're lonely. Like, American Horror Story does that a lot, where it's like, the ghosts kill people just so that they have someone to hang out with. <laughs> and it's like, that's really anticlimactic. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, th that's interesting. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of going that route. Uh, one last thing I'll mention is that the people who lived in that house after, and after that, and after that, because there's been many residents... Uh, well, one, they changed the look of the house because there were too many tourists coming along. Uh, <laughs> but second, um, they claim nothing ever happened hmm. to them, which a lot of critics take that as like proof that this is all fake. However, if you do believe the second book, which I don't think it's fake, again, I just think it's a cash grab, um, the paranormal, the paranormal um, problems follow them after hmm. they left the house. It, it followed them to the mom's house. So it could just be that these demons or whatever it was had been there for a long time and for some reason they just really, really liked the Lutz family and we're not going to let them go and decided to get out of the house just for that family to torment them for the rest of time. Right, they were And that would, explain, that would explain why there was nothing else in the house after yeah. that. 
I mean, I'm, I'm with you on yeah. that. If we believe it's all true. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, like, with the theme of cash grab, even a lot of the first book could have been that. But even if it was just a couple of sightings or just one sighting of the demon pig, I do think that this family did experience something. Um, even if blown out of proportion, something still did happen. And if you do believe that, then you have to like face the fact that like, oh shit, is this shit real? Like, do ghosts do this? Like, demons exist? Like, yeah, and again, like, you know? there's so much we don't understand already about this world. So like, maybe even our understanding isn't mm -hmm. correct. So like, maybe they didn't necessarily latch on to anyone else because this family let them in. You know, this family was super scared. Or maybe that's how that works. Or maybe it isn't how that works. Maybe they literally just wanted to go to a different house i don't know <laughs> like i don't know there's so many different options for what could have happened or why or maybe it isn't demons maybe it's ghosts so that's fascinating yeah so that's what i got um if i stimulated any listeners minds that's exactly what i was looking for i don't know think 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 and think a little bit more about whatever theory you think best explains this and um well, let's do a little plug in and if you have any good ones just <laughs> at us at um at talk scary so. send us a tweet <laughs> tweet us your theories about the amateur horror now shannon oh yes hello <laughs> my leg like my calf is asleep and it's it feels really like it's at that point where it's about to be in severe pain. So I'm like, should I move? But I, I'm also in a room stuffed with boxes sitting on the floor. So there's not anywhere for me to move. So I think a ghost needs to come and help me out of the situation. Um, oh god, it hurts so bad. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> Alright, so now that I'm in the severe amount of pain, it's definitely going to set the scene. So, I mean, you talked about Amityville is a very well-known case and i kind of went into a different direction in terms of what i want to talk about um still staying on the tangent of ghosts but not necessarily a singular story or event um more just a place so i am going to talk about the bachelor's grove cemetery in chicago okay i have never heard of this so this is pretty good Okay, awesome. Um, so, Bachelors Grove Cemetery is northwest of Midlothian Forest, and it's outside of Chicago. So, it's kind of out of the way, but... And this whole cemetery is not something you can reach by driving. You have to, like, park a couple miles away and walk to it. So, it's secluded, isolated, perfect place for ghosts. And... <clears throat> The surrounding land of the cemetery was first settled by um, relocators from New England, and um, the first official burials happened in 1840. So that's around the time that this cemetery really opened its doors, so to speak, is 1840. Um, it's said to contain 82 plots, many of which were never sold or used. And so that's kind of something that I think is something to remember when we're talking about the specific location and whether or not ghosts are here is that there's 82 plots that's not that many and most of them weren't used so that's just something to keep in mind if ghosts are attached to a dead body i don't know if they are we don't know the rules who knows mm -hmm. maybe they just like places that are secluded um so <laughs> uh, many of the people buried there were workers um who worked in the illinois and Michigan Canal during that time. And then there is a theory, which I guess kind of holds ground in kind of like rhetoric of the Chicago Times or whatever, but not necessarily proven that it's a possible dumping ground for organized crime families. So that I think would be really interesting because like I said, there, there aren't many people actually buried there, but there could be people we don't know, like, illegally dropped there. Which, in my opinion... Are we becoming a true crime podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we are. I personally do not want to come for the mob, though. I think if you're going to come for anyone, do not come for the mob. So I'm not. I'm here to say I support you guys. Keep doing you. Whatever. <laughs> um, you look out for your own, and I think that's cool. <laughs> um, so anyway, possible dumping ground for organized crime families. Possible dumping ground for random murders. You know, think about it. How many people go missing every day? In 1840... Who even knows? Like, no one had, like, GPS. Uh -huh. No one was lowjacking their children. Like, we don't know. 
<laughs> so in the 1960s, people began to vandalize the cemetery. Um, you know, I guess that's just what people do to old things that they find in the middle of the forest. They just, they start breaking stuff. And so people literally just like took the tombstones, rooted them out of the ground and started breaking them just for no reason. Like they're just hoodlums, I guess. And they would like pull the corpses out of the graves and just like leave them there or take them with them. Um, it, it was said to be a location for satanic rituals, wow. which I don't know if that's true, but if you're going to do satanic ritual, where else but a cemetery? <laughs> so that's an option. And so this yeah. cemetery has yeah. been through a lot of shit. Um, I think a little bit in the seventies, it was like used as like, family picnic area and lover's lane for people to like make out at night which is a completely different like <laughs> completely different thing um honestly i'm into like a little bit of a spooky date so not a bad yeah, like, place because then go. you can get them all scared and they like cuddle up to you it's amazing <laughs> so yeah this is kind of just setting the scene so if you can imagine like this little forest in chicago that's completely damaged completely screwed up Maybe you and your friends want to summon Satan. This is where you go. Bachelor's Grove. Uh, <laughs> so here's the stuff that's a little bit weird. Um, the main thing that I find super interesting is that there are multiple reports of floating orbs of light in there, like in the cemetery area and in the surrounding forest. And I guess there's a term for this. It's called like ghost lights. And no one knows what they are, but they can see them. Like mm -hmm. it's, And there are photographs like you can search online and find photographs of ghost lights i i've seen photographs of like ghost orbs mm -hmm. but i think i think of all the ghost evidence that exists people that people often present that's like the weakest because you can always mm -hmm. i mean i'm not saying that i don't believe in them but i'm saying that they're really easy to like shit on because it's like oh that was like right a but that's the thing like, like they're it's not just i guess okay in this specific instance yeah you're probably right but these have been found in like multiple places like they've been seen in norway and they've been called the hesdalen lights in norway they've been called the alea ghost lights in india and there's actual scientists who have like been there and seen it and been like positing theories what they are and like they think maybe it's like a gas or something but for the most part it's unproven and so um, it is still unsolved, but it like when it is like a floating orb, if it's real, we still don't know what it is, basically. So there are real reports of these things. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if they're necessarily supernatural, but like this is just what people have said they've seen, I guess. Um, and then, so that's like the main okay. thing that's kind of like weird kind of easy to disprove and then the other reports well actually there's a lot of reports but the next one i want to talk about is kind of strange because like i said this is a cemetery in the middle of the forest and the closest roads are like dirt roads maintenance roads um and they're probably like a mile max away so people have reports of phantom vehicles <laughs> mm -hmm. and on the roads if they're driving like to go up they've reported um near collisions with the fan of vehicles slamming on their brakes and realizing there was no car there stuff like that or spinning out okay um quick like side thing i uh have you ever seen those videos of cars who crash with <laughs> an invisible car <laughs> I don't know how best to explain it. Um, there have been viral videos. A lot of them come from Russia because mm -hmm. Russians use dashboard cameras a lot. Um, where, or even just security footage from the street, like where you will see a collision happen, just like a regular collision. But like the thing the visible cars collided against seem to, seems yeah, to be like an invisible weird. car. Like there's no other way to explain it. Um, I've yeah, I've seen like a number of these um yeah i mean it just made me think of that who knows yeah it's fascinating because like if you like i don't know i drive a lot so like and i'm like a good driver like i can like pay attention and like if i get really really tired obviously i'm not going to drive anymore but i have driven on the edge of being really tired my point is like you don't just hallucinate cars like that doesn't really happen and for it to happen like this frequently that there's multiple reports of it like that's crazy um Anyway, mm -hmm. so those are some of the reports. The other one, which is actually photographed and 
potentially disproven, I'm fairly certain it hasn't been disproven, is a photograph of a white lady. If you look up the white lady of Bachelors Grove, you can find a photo on Google. And this is a woman in a white dress or a white outfit. And pe people have reported that she walks the grounds of the cemetery carrying an infant during the full moon, which the the full moon, bit of a stretch, but not just on okay. that time. Like They say that they see her very frequently walking around and um, they think that she, she um, in the photo, is sitting next to the grave of her child. And the photograph was taken in 1991 by a Judy Huff, if you want to look into that. Um, yeah, so... Um, I'm looking at the photo right now and I see her sitting on the grave. I thought that was like, that, that doesn't even look like a fake woman. That just, like a ghost. It looks like a solid Like a person. person. Yeah. Um, so if there was actually no one there, boy, that's a good ghost Well, I think picture. Judy said that there wasn't. Like she came home and then she saw it, you know, or maybe it was developed. I'm not sure like how cameras worked in 1991. I wasn't alive. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what she said was there. If you believe her. Um, so there's the white lady, and then there is a story which has not been verified about a farmer and his plow horse. So basically there's a little bog slash like pond next to the cemetery, and it said that a farmer mm -hmm. and his horse were dragged to death, like dragged underneath the water and they got stuck and drowned there. And people say that they've seen the man. The yeah. <laughs> so like there's a lot of like... Uh, mythos, I guess, regarding Bachelors Grove Cemetery. Like, people just see all kinds of stuff. They've seen a two headed ghost near the same little bog. People have witnessed a black dog, like a manifestation, it would disappear when they approach it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Phantom cars, like I said. Like, so there's a lot of like stuff that people are reporting that happens there, and that's kind of why I was drawn to this particular location. It's because it's one thing to be like, oh, that place is creepy, mm -hmm. maybe it's haunted, but then another to be like, well, all these people say it's haunted, do I believe them? I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, the yeah. weirdest thing, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying that, like, this is all pretty weird, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 200 goals. So, I think I might have already mentioned it, like, a little bit, but there's, like, okay, it sounds really crazy, like, this is weird. So, people walking to the cemetery you know like you're walking a forest it's not exactly a path like there's not like arrows saying here get to the haunted cemetery so people will walk and uh -huh. several of people like maybe like 10 12 i don't know a lot of people have said the same thing that they have seen a phantom house which is really weird so because it it doesn't appear along the same location it changes but it's always the same house that they see, and it always disappears. And that's so crazy to me. So the house... Oh, that's so spooky. I know. The house... <laughs> the house is an old framed farmhouse with two stories. It's painted white, it has a porch swing, and a light in the window. That's how everyone describes it as. They say that the light looks like a flickering like candle light, maybe a lamp, an oil lamp or something. And they say that every time someone tries to approach it, it just gets smaller and smaller in their vision until it just completely fades away. What? Yeah. <laughs> and that's just so crazy. And also everything you're talking about, everything you're talking about gives me so many like the haunted man. Yeah. Vibes, yeah. <laughs> so the thing that I find fascinating about this report is that oftentimes the reports come from people who are completely unaware of the phantom house being a thing. Like they went to the cemetery for something mm, else or whatever. And so I think that's skeptic. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, okay. And then the last thing that I would like to talk about in terms of hashtag evidence is a Chicago psychic named Ken Melvoinberg. Sorry, Ken. I don't know how to say that. Um, <laughs> he went to the cemetery to check it out. And he said that he saw, oh, and this is also pretty recently. I think this was like 2010, something like that. So Ken went there and he said he saw the ghost of a young boy crying out for money. And this was a young ghost boy, whatever. That was not from our time. Like he was probably 1800s, 1900s that time. Um, just by the way he was speaking and crying out for the money. Like, okay. he didn't say, like, I want five bucks. Like, he said something else. And so Ken was, like, so overwhelmed by this that he went into a trance, apparently. 
and he walked towards the pond and like just immediately stuck his hand in there and pulled out this 1942 half dollar coin from the pond and then i guess the ghost went away <laughs> okay wait a second we just wait one second okay so <laughs> okay summarize summarize what you just told me because i think i may have missed something so there was this guy ken who says he saw a ghost from like the 1800s who wanted money and was yelling at him to give him money and then ken was like basically like entranced and like etherically like uh, if uh, like magically directed yes. to go to the nearby pond and grab yes the money. young boy was acting as though he had lost his money not that he like wanted to steal it though he was he was like crying because oh, he had lost okay. it and so and ken's like psychic or whatever and so maybe that's why he went into a trance he was more connected or something and he went and found a yeah. 1942 half dollar <laughs> right in there and that's interesting if you believe it obviously but we don't know yeah i mean but like we don't know with any of this and like we are scary talk so <laughs> i mean it could be like a sleight of hand he brought the coin with him and then like stuck his hand in there and was like oh look what i found guys <laughs> you know like uh i don't know though and then so i mean what do you think do you think it's really haunted or do you think this is all just people thinking it's haunted because they say i think it's really haunted because there's a like a thousand cemeteries in the world and not all of them have this mm. much history um so i mean i don't know that's what gets me also like some of the stuff that you say like don't make that <laughs> shit up like it's too wild and so specific too and like so many accounts some of them allegedly from people who didn't even know what was going on um which makes it more believable. Um, I guess that's the super thing that, though. I mean, because I'm more skeptical, obviously, I don't believe in ghosts. So, like, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm oh, looking yeah, for an explanation here, <laughs> what I keep coming back to is this idea of, like, multiple dimensions or, like, dimensions being on top of each other. Maybe the cars mm -hmm. that you're seeing are just, like, rips in that dimension, you know, like, or maybe it's from another time. Yes, I have heard that. I have heard that, that. It's like a right in the, in the house. You're seeing yeah. a house that maybe hasn't been built yet, or was built in the past, and you're just looking into the past for a second. You know. I mean, it could be that this cemetery. I mean, I mean, oh my god, that's so good, Shannon. It could be that ghosts aren't real. It could be that, yeah, it could be that ghosts aren't real. It could be that this cemetery is just a hot spot for Matrix glitches, <laughs> and that's why it could be that every place in the world that is haunted just happens to be a matrix glitch hotspot and the ghosts aren't actually dead people's souls just people living in other dimensions yeah. um, i think it's very likely oh, it's like so honestly good. like we don't know that much about the universe like we don't know like <sighs> yeah i mean maybe ghosts are just other people like you put your coffee cup down and then it moves and you think oh like maybe a ghost did it well maybe like the person in the future just built like a cupboard where your table was i don't know that's a little bit of a stretch but <laughs> okay so why do why don't you believe in ghosts um i think part of it is rooted in the fact that i don't necessarily believe in the afterlife and so the idea that we die and then for some reason we just stay here in like this invisible plane just like yelling at people for no reason they can't hear us just sounds really stupid to me <laughs> i mean only if you have a bad death apparently but see who's deciding that like who is like checking yeah. the box is it santa claus he's like this bitch was bad or this bitch died bad she's gonna stay or, here or rather rather actually it's if you think that you have unfinished mm, business true true so there's no like judge i but then we get into the question of well we will never know that because when we die we won't be able to tell i won't be able to call you up and be like hey like i'm dead now i think i've decided if i'm good or bad you know so that's all stuff mm -hmm. that like i don't know and i think the other reason i don't believe in ghosts is because um aside from the fact that i don't believe in an afterlife i just don't see like i said i don't see the point you know, I don't see, like, what, like, even if I had a bad death, why would I want to stick around? Well, again, 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 I should I should take back the bad death thing. Let's just say it's because you haven't finished business. If you do believe that theory, then it would make sense to stay because, well, you want to finish your business somewhere or another. But you can't finish it because you can't touch anything. You can't. I mean, if you find, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she can act as your, like, living, you know? <sighs> Jennifer Love Hewitt needs to tell me how her boobs are so big without any enhancements. How did that happen? 
God loves her. You don't know there wasn't any enhancements. Just like you don't know whether ghosts are actually... I don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We don't know. Jennifer, we believe in you. Um, I believe in you. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those look like real <laughs> boobies. So honestly, pop to Jennifer. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, that, I, I know that sounds kind of far-fetched, but like... It could be that. It could be that, like, ghosts maybe just rely on people who can see ghosts. Maybe all people can't see ghosts. Just some of us. And ghosts just hope that they stumble upon one of them. And they act as their, like, living living attorney, I guess. Uh, and they help them pass. I don't know. I just, of all, like, the stories of what could happen in the afterlife, I find ghosts to be the most boring. Because it would suck to be on this plane forever. What's literally there's not a lot of alternatives. Like what are you thinking of? What's what else is there? Tight. I think that would be so cool. And I think that it honestly makes a lot of rational sense to me in terms of energy and how it can't be destroyed. I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, technically, if a ghost is your soul, the energy hasn't been destroyed. But honestly, I love the idea of reincarnation. And I'm going to suggest it as next episode's idea right now. Oh, my God. I would love Uh, to talk about it. Let's do it because I just watched, I mean, kind of a side note, but I watched The the Prodigy recently, which, I mean, honestly, spoilers, ends up being kind of a reincarnation story. It's a horror movie Mm. that just came out. And um, it was okay. But, like, the concept of it... um, I just I really like that concept and I like I've read about it before in the past and it's always been really intriguing to me and I've watched like videos of kids who claim to be I was like a World War II <laughs> pilot and I know exactly what kind of plane I flew and I'm yeah. too it's like it's crazy stuff yeah like that. and I also like to think about the different ways in which that could work because I also feel like maybe it's possible that not all of you ends up in one person if that makes sense like uh, there's this book mm. called Un- uh, there's a book called Unwind and it's like the first in a series and it's about how um, there are like organ transplants of kids that aren't wanted to other kids that are more wealthy and the organ like remembers stuff and I'm thinking maybe it's like our soul remembers stuff but it doesn't go to one place like maybe part of us goes into the child who's two and so they obviously forget about it when they grow up because it was only that little bit like it was only the Air Force thing and then the other it could be yeah. that Wait, go and ahead, then, go like, ahead. the rest of it goes into, like, a cat. And that's why your cat's kind of bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> I think cats just are demonically possessed, honestly. So, it one... It could, I love them. Please don't come to It me. could be that. Or it could be what the movie that I saw posited, which was, uh, no, souls aren't split. Souls be, like, stay a whole. Um, uh, and they go into kits. Um, and that's how you become... Okay, well, that's a thing. Like, the movie doesn't truly, truly believe in reincarnation the way you're thinking about it. Because mm. I, I think the way you're thinking about it is, like, you can actually come back and live, like, a whole other life. Kind of like the Hindus. Wait, am I wrong? Mm, uh, Buddhism, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Or, or do you think that... Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. Um, some people believe in reincarnation and, like, you die and then literally you're, like, born again. And now you're living another life. Uh, the kind of reincarnation in the movie that I saw talks about is, like, no, you don't get to live a second life. Um, you only reincarnate if the, if you think you have unfinished business. Um, you reincarnate until that business is done, whether it is saying goodbye to your mom or telling your sister a secret or something. Mm. And then you leave that child's body and you actually pass into the next round. Oh, yes. interesting. That's kind of like a little bit ghost yeah. like too. Which, 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 if you believe that, you'd have to believe in ghosts. So I don't think that's going to be up your alley. Um you know that makes me think of a movie you definitely need to watch called The Discovery on Netflix. You need to mm-hmm. you need to check that out. Okay, I'll write it down. But um, <laughs> yeah, like if you if you believe that that movie like puts forth, then you have to think you have to believe that there's an afterlife right. because it has to be somewhere those spirits go after they finish their business. And the whole concept of a soul is, I think, one of the biggest struggles for me because it, it posits like the ghost factor and it also posits heaven and hell because it means that we're not just a carcass. <laughs> and I just find that really mm-hmm. hard to believe mostly because I think the reason I uh, we're getting too real right now on the fucking podcast please don't listen mom um, no. <laughs> when I took human biology we saw cadavers and I was super close to the face and I just remember in that moment being like there's no soul <laughs> like there just isn't like there's no way oh my god I mean, or you just saw a cadaver and it didn't have a soul and that's why you thought that. That's just what we are, though. You know, like, that's that's it. We're organic. We rot. I mean, 
listen queen i'm sure that was <laughs> a traumatic experience but like it's just i don't know like if anything you, you could even connect this to like the sixth sense kind of stuff that we were talking about on our esb episode it's like what if the sixth sense actually comes from the fact that you are more than just your organic body like that there's something that is you know what i mean like yeah i understand what you're putting down. there's something beyond that there's something beyond that within you you know and that could be your soul i don't know i'm just i'm just gonna call back to skeptical psychic andre who said like what makes you think we're special you know honestly <laughs> I, i'm not backtracking i'm just playing devil's advocate speaking of the devil okay what do you believe in demons but not ghosts what the hell oh i don't I thought we already talked about this. Wait. I don't believe in demons at all. I just understand the mythology of demons so I can talk about them easier. But I remember in episode one, you were like, oh, witches. And like, why do some of them oh, like Oh, I don't shit? believe in witches either. <laughs> oh my God. I don't believe in any of this except for aliens. I thought we covered that. <laughs> aliens are no. real and they're probing. No, we did not cover that. You know what I think it is? I think it's because like, I would ask you during the first couple of episodes about everything. And you'd be like, well, it could be this or it could be that. But you never gave oh, me like a definite yes or no. That's true. So in, my, in the back of my mind, I probably was like, so she does believe? I don't know. Um. But now I know. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I just think that you have to be open. And, like, I am. I am open to these possibilities. But I don't believe in them. But you can try and change my mind, though. Like, that's what we're here for. Change my mind. I mean, that's precisely what we're here <laughs> for. Um, that's interesting. Okay. So, aliens is it. If I ever, like, go prank you at your house, I'm definitely not dre- I know what I'm not dressing up as anymore. And I know what I am dressing up as. You're dressing up as an alien, right? I'm dressing up as a gray. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, um, I would be so excited. I don't know if I'm that tall or that skinny, TBH, but I'll try. Um, okay, <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like how I just uh, like read off lists of things that have happened in a cemetery and you're like, it's all real. Like, it all happened. <laughs> well, I don't know that all of it happened, but it's kind of like with the with the Emmettville thing. Like, regardless of what I was, demons or ghosts or whatever, I think that something happened, period. Uh, they could have, like, extrapolated a lot from it. They could have exaggerated it, but something happened. Same with the cemetery. I think that even if there's a lot of, like, copycat people who just copy people's stories to add lore to mm-hmm. the cemetery, um, the initial one, two, three people who said they saw something i believe i believe them i believe they oh, were telling shit. The i did you know i forgot I mean? to touch on something so i was going all willy-nilly in my notes do you want me to cover it um evp it? so yeah. i'm sure you already know electronic voice um, yeah oh phenomenon electronic voice phenomenon so people have reported a lot of that however since we are ending on the skeptic note i'm gonna say right now i don't believe in it and I think maybe that's why I subconsciously glazed over it. Um, and the reason I don't believe in it is just like simple science reasons is, you know, like EVP is taking thousands upon thousands searching through radios and it put, puts together like a microsecond of the sound from each of those. So obviously a lot of them are static. So every once in a while you'll hear something that sounds like words and I just don't No, Don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in anything. Right. I think I think that there is better quote unquote evidence for ghosts and we we waste time making people believe in EVPs and if anything make ourselves believers look worse because you know what I mean like there's so much better stuff that you could be showing. It's just so like oh no it's like you can't put your iPod on shuffle and then have something come up and be like god is telling me this song right now. <laughs> It's fried delicious. I mean, honestly, I do that sometimes. So, like, don't come for me. Like, I'll be like, oh, I th- what mood should I feel? And then a song comes out and I'm like, oh, I knew it. The universe. Like I told you that in middle school. It's like, does this boy like me? And it would be like my chemical romance. I'd be like, oh. anyway. That's funny. Um, I, think, I think that, honestly, the reason you're so skeptic is because you are trying to uh, make yourself believe ghosts are not real because you're scared that they might be because of that one story that you told me once which I'm not going to make you tell on the podcast but that happened recently I haven't believed in ghosts for a long time you know what I mean Like Fine. you're like playing on this like psychological thing of me being afraid and I'm not I am because when you told it when you told it to me like you weren't like I think it was real but you were like man I really can't explain this and I was like pushing you to be like it's real uh, but i can that's why it doesn't bother me anymore i absolutely can it was like 4 a.m i hadn't slept in 36 hours and there was lights everywhere like that messes with your vision oh so 
So, miss, I wouldn't hallucinate a phantom vehicle. It's not like I hallucinated whatever the fuck I saw. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now you're really coming for me. Yes, I am. I'm just saying, like, maybe, you know, like, you're, like, light and nighttime, those can all create images in your mind. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yes, but you also were the shookest I've ever seen you telling me that story. So I'm just not so easily. Well, we convinced. need to change that. Let me tell you some shook things in real life sometime. Like we'll talk about that. You can be, you can see this okay. vulnerable side. <laughs> maybe that's the real problem here. We need to open Hi. up. Maybe that is it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was just so shocked because you just never open enough with me, Shannon. <sighs> oh, um, Andre, Andre, Andre. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you for. Uh, listening to this episode those um that was a really interesting case Janet. thank you for sharing that um, thank you for sharing andre <laughs> and um i think we're gonna be picking up on reincarnation for episode seven and we will uh see you guys soon all right see you later bye-bye okay don't let uh don't let the ghosts grab your feet i don't know <laughs> um good night don't wake up at 3 33 a.m don't I don't know. You know what to do. Oh, I actually do have to wake up for my flight around that time. So <laughs> perfect. So go to bed. I'll let you know how that works out. <laughs> Please. Okay. Have a good night, everyone. Bye bye. Goodbye.